Hello. This is the eighth bit of the uh, of the Not the Wikipedia Weekly. I am Darova. I will be your host this time. With uh, great thanks to Private Musings and Phil for technical assistance, we have scheduled at a different hour this time because we've had some requests from some of our European Wikipedians, and this has presented certain technical challenges. I'll, I'll explain them now, and then we'll get to the introductions. Um, Skype is a very, very popular service in the Middle East, and they get their heaviest traffic during the times when uh, those are prime hours for the Middle East. Europe is kind of close to there, so in order to accommodate our, our requests and try to get the best, most reliable uh, service possible, we've chosen something that's late evening for Europe, and several Europeans have been kind enough to join us. So uh, we'll start the introductions now. Private Musings, would you say hello? G'day, folks. And we also have Dorf Trofel from Germany. Hello. And AGK from Scotland. Hello, folks. Could you uh, say hello one more time? Hello, folks. Wonderful. Phil? One of our regulars. Um, hello, this is Phil. And we also have uh, Raul654. Hello, everyone. And we have one other individual who may be listening, maybe speaking, Seddon. Okay, I, I guess we'll, we'll have a, a listener there. Okay. So, um, Today, on uh, Not With the Wikipedia Weekly, we have several things to go through. We'll try to get to all of them. Uh, Wikipedia's license, the Arbitration Committee, 2,000 featured articles, um, the influence of Wikipedia on the real world, talk page clerking, is this worth pursuing, the edit worrying work group, and uh, there's a repeat of that. So in order to um, start this off, since you're with us, Raul, would you um, mind telling us a little bit about the wonderful uh, landmark we've hit with the featured articles? Okay. Um, two, two nights ago, uh, we had our 2,000 featured article. We were at 1,995, and I promoted uh, five more that night, putting us at exactly 2,000. The five that were promoted were... Red-billed Clow, a type of bird native to Ireland and Great Britain. Uh, Lord of the Universe, a documentary film about Prem Rawat. Uh, Walter de Coventry, a uh, ecclesiastic from Scotland. Uh, Maximilian, the Roman Emperor. And El Senor Presidente, a, uh, a novel by Nobel Prize winning uh, writer Miguel Angel Asturias. The, the last of these, the El Senor Presidente, is a, is a very interesting article because it was generated by a uh, university project. Um, a, a professor, Dr. J.B. Murray of the University of British Columbia, took his Spanish 312 class, a class on um, Latin American literature, and he assigned them the job of going in and improving Wikipedia's articles on Latin American literature. And this is the first time that a school project has ever produced a featured article and um, this this is particularly kind of newsworthy because you know a lot of people are talking about um, you know how Wikipedia how academics should come to accept Wikipedia and 
rather than vilifying it, participate in it and make it better. And this this very much fits into kind of that whole paradigm. Do they get so Do they get a grade for the for the? Are you aware? Do they get a grade for their project, Raoul? I'm sorry. One more time, please. Uh, did, did they get a grade if their professor said it as a project and they yes, and yes. Reached, if, if if they produced if they produced a featured article, then the, they were in groups, and, and anybody in a group that produced a featured article would automatically get an A plus in the course. <laughs> That's fantastic. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> well, I mean, it makes intuitive sense to me that a lot of students um, would be more motivated to write something and really put in their best effort if it goes up and the world can see it instead of one professor or even a grad student. I, I, I was thinking sees of, a, it lot for an of hour, a lot of it up and gives it back to them. Uh, a lot of school reports they get written. The teacher reads it, then they go into the garbage bin. They never get read again by anybody. Exactly. Um, exactly. This this is kind of a, a way of putting them to use instead of just you know dumping dumping them. Nobody you know, nobody ever reads them after they're written the first time. There's a, there's a whole new wiki there actually, isn't there? When you think about it, a kind of paper uh, you know term paper wiki or, or school project. But that's a, that's a different angle, I suppose. Not one to pursue. But uh, it's great that they've worked together collaboratively to. Yeah to produce I, I read it and it was pretty cool incidentally the, the little birdie which I took because as you, you um, it, it seemed that that was the last one you mentioned it may have been alphabetical uh, originally so uh, it, was, it was that you, you, people since there was no true 2000th article because they were all promoted simultaneously people have been saying well you know really which one is the 2000th and uh, that the, the bird article the, the, the hold on which one was that again it was uh is it red billed chuff? That's how I thought it was pronounced. But then, um, uh, yeah, red billed show, or, or uh, however it's pronounced. Um, that was the last one I decided to promote. So if you want to be, you know, if, if you want to really, really want a two thousandth article, that was the last one I decided to promote. But I, I can, I mean, I think they could all be equally validly called the two thousand featured article. And just for our listeners, in case they're not familiar with this um, role, you do. You do uh, run the featured articles. You're the final word in that, so to speak. Yes, Is the, that true? I, I, yeah, I, I pretty much run the process, um, choosing the ones that appear on the main page and kind of refereeing the process uh, as a whole. Um, in, in many ways, it kind of runs itself. You know, people, the, the reviewers are, and the nominators are really what drives it, and I only have to come in if there's a conflict. Well, it must be it must be wonderful to uh, reach a landmark like this. How long do you think it'll take to reach your three thousandth? Do you have a uh, prediction? between one? Yeah, I, I I was asked this the other day. How long it would be till three thousand? A minimum of one year, and at most two years. Okay. Okay. Um, now our next item that we have here is Wikipedia's license. And I understand, Dorf Trofel, you had a few things to say about that? Uh, come again. I'm, uh, I'm sorry. Oh, uh, Wikipedia's license possibly migrating from GDFL to a CC Creative Commons variant. Uh, would you like to <laughs> no, I, explain what that means? I wasn't the one who uh, w- w- would talk about that. <laughs> I think that was I, no, I dropped no, that no, in no, there. Was oh, okay. Yeah, I, I I think I can take a crack at explaining it if you want. Go for it. Go for it. Okay. Well, uh, right now Wikipedia is licensed under the GNU Free Documentation License, the GFDL. Um, 
the idea is that it's it's produced by the Free Software Foundation, which also makes the better known GNU public license GPL. And the idea was to do for documentation what the GPL does for software, which is make it you know, free to distribute, require that if you change it, you have to um, make it available in in the, uh, you know uh, an easy to use format, you know the the, uh, the preferred uh, editing version. Um, and at the time that Wikipedia was created, it was the only game in town, the only free license for technical documentation. Now, since then, we have the Creative Commons licenses produced by Larry Lessig uh, and his um, Creative Commons Foundation. I, I think that's what it's called. And so the idea is that they want to go in now and retroactively make the GNU free documentation license and the Creative Commons licenses compatible with each other so that instead of having what's called a walled garden of a bunch of good free works licensed under one document or one license and a bunch of free works licensed under another and no migration between the two, the idea is that you can kind of merge them and have, have them you know, mutually compatible. And we already do this yeah. to some extent by having a GFDL license text with Creative Commons pictures in it. But the idea is to, right. to make them completely compatible. Now, I, as an administrator on... Um on Wikimedia Commons, um, I deal with multiple licenses. Now, we don't accept every kind of Creative Commons license. We accept roughly about half of them um, for pictures. So could you explain why it is, if, if this doesn't get in too far, that I could license um, uh, a picture under any variety oh, of it would, Creative it wouldn't Commons be, it would be one. It would be one specific Creative Commons license, the share-alike, okay. no-derivatives license. Because that's the one okay. that is more... I mean, it's, it pretty much says almost everything the GFDL says. Did anyone else wanted, want to address the licensing issues before we move on? Yeah, I just... A tuppence from, what, from looking at some of the, the chat that's gone around the list. I think there's a bit of a... Um, well, if you look at it carefully, Wikipedia's always had a... What you might call a... What I believe, anyway, Wikipedia's had quite a loose relationship to its licensing. Um, there, are, there are various sort of things that we've broadly sort of not really worried about being absolutely compliant. Um, the big difference... Well, here, the, problem, the problem with that is that the, the GNU free documentation license was intended for like software manuals, things that were going to be printed. Its application to, to electronic web documents is, is it's, it's not pretty to say the least. A, lo- a lot of them, you know, the, the idea of a cover sheet has has no meaning on a web document, and, and yet it requires a cover sheet to be distributed with all documents licensed under the GFDL. Well, what does that mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, not, it's not a good fit for what we do, but again, at the time we picked it, it was the only game in town. That's why there's... And, and we're pretty much the only ones who do use the GNU free documentation license. So yeah, it's, it's not a good... A big push to, I, I, was, I was just going to... Just gonna, yeah, basically, it does... I, I, I totally accept that it's... The reason that, that there are some inevitable, well, they're not necessarily violations, I guess. They're just, as you say, it just you know, the wording of it, it doesn't actually uh, apply. Uh, it doesn't make sense. Um, it, it, there's no clear way to do it. And, uh, there is an issue, though. When, when you, um, I know that in, there's an interesting one with the French uh, Wikipedia, uh, which is that they, uh, you can't, um, basically, there's restrictions under French law in the uh, work that is that has a certain license can't be transferred without express permission. Or, you know, this is, I'm not a lawyer and I'm not French either, so I'm not, 100, I'm not all over the issues. Uh, but I know that it's come up um, in that project that it might be, um, well, either illegal or at least legally problematic 
to to sort of retroactively change a license. Um, and there I, are I some. Don't even, I don't know. To be perfectly frank, I don't think they'll ever be able to change the license. Now there is an escape clause in there. The the license does say this version of the license or any future version. So if a future version of it were, if they were to say, well, GFDL two point you know O is the Creative Commons license, that and then the Free Software Foundation agrees to do that, then the escape clause kicks in. But but I, to actually go back I'm and not, change okay. it, oh, go on. Well, I thought that that's kind of the direction that they're moving to try to make those two licenses fully compatible. Is that not that's true? That's exactly what they would have to do. Yeah, but they're not okay. going to change the license. It'll still our text will still be GFDL 1.0 or any future version, and the future version right. would be the Creative Commons license. Okay. And to finish the thought, the other interesting uh, thing is it. I think it's correct that um, that, that Jimbo is on the board of, of the Creative Commons uh, Foundation. Uh, so there's a there's a connection there that he's very much involved in and is aware of, and and I'm, uh, I'm you know sees the benefits of. I think I think it's fair to say that, that Jimbo's broadly speaking in in support of of this sort of uh, this shift. Um, so it's you know with that kind of support, it's quite likely to eventually uh, come up in some way or another. All right. Well, moving on then. Uh, our next topic is the arbitration committee. So, Raul, this might go back to you again, uh, since you're a former member of it. Uh, what about it? Well, the question is, um, how's it doing? What is it? For those of us unfamiliar with it, how would you like to introduce what it is? Um, uh, let me let me explain the historical context. That might make it a little easier to understand. Back in 2001 and 2002, Jimbo did all of the the high-level administration by himself. You get a persistent troll, and he, essentially, the admins, admins were strongly discouraged from using their own judgment. I, I mean, I really can't say it any other way than that. That there was this big idea that, oh, we can't risk censorship, we can't have admins exercising discretion now, so... So they would they would essentially hand all the problem users to Jimbo and then he would ban them or sanction them or whatever. The problem is that Jimbo doesn't scale very well. Um, and to that end, they just said, well, what we're going to do is we're going to form a committee of members of the of the community and they're going to do it instead of Jimbo. And so that's how the arbitration committee was started. And this and is that in, about was in 2003. early 2004. Was, I thought it was that it started. No, 2003. They they they, 2003. they started writing. They started writing. They started for mentally forming the ideas for the arbitration committee and writing the dispute resolution ah. process in early 2003. And then the the committee. Uh, I'm I'm sorry, you are right. 2004, and then the committee it sort actually, of became quasi, quasi active in in March or April of of that year. Um, and the the thing is, at first, the dispute resolution process was. Uh, very elaborate, Byzantine, and completely non-functional. Uh, you know, the, you know, you were required to go to mediation. Mediation never actually solved any problems. You were required to file a formal RFC and all, all of this stuff. And um, for some really bad users, really bad users that that today wouldn't last ten minutes. You know, and a minute would say you're being a, a troublemaker. You're banned. And and but but this is the kind of stuff that we had to do back then. And so nowadays. They're, they they are more they're, they're the kind of cases they get involved in are more 
elaborate and technical and and they're essentially the site's referees. They're they're the ones who can you know who can essentially force people to you know by imposing binding solutions or binding sanctions or banning someone from the site. Okay, and um, how is it? How's uh, the arbitration committee doing these days? And I'd like to open this to to anyone. Um, hop in because I know not everybody is is happy that uh, this is necessarily an ideal situation. Oh, actually, interestingly enough, I had a, I had a chat uh, yesterday, and and we might we'll probably have a further chat. We'll do another episode on this, but um, I think it's correct that at the same time the the Arbcom was set up. Um, I think, in actual fact, in the same email that that Jimbo announced it, they also set up Medcom. That's the mediation committee. Um, so that that's a side point, and it's something that I think we'll return to because um, the role of the mediation committee, the, the relative profiles, if you like, of mediation committee and arbitration committee are vastly different um i think the arbitration committee is uh is taking on an awful lot of work it seems to be i mean around you can tell us the, the truth of this but i would think that the workload for being an active arbitrator is quite extreme a lot of the work that gets a lot of the work that goes on is the stuff that nobody really knows about uh you know private appeals from ban users Private, uh, uh, you know, um, small emergencies or, or um, essentially all kinds of stuff that doesn't have a formal case attached to it, or you know, but but stuff that has to be you know done nonetheless. And 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 it's all and it's and it, uh, most of it occurs on the on the private mailing list, which you know obviously nobody you know except the arbitrators, past and present, can read. So that you know nobody besides them has an idea of the kind of work that goes on. Actually, there's a, there's a, they use a, a private wiki as well, don't they, to, to sort of, you know, have a chat about there, there is a, stuff. There, there is a private wiki. Um, I don't think that gets used nearly as much as the mailing list. I mean, for, for the people who do use it, I'm sure it's very, very helpful. Um, I never, I mean, I have an axe. I, I have a login there, but I've never really done all that much on it. So, uh, actually, that's a, an interesting uh, question to confirm. Presumably, the, say, the membership of the Arbitration Committee mailing list, it would be... The same public. private wiki. Oh, it's public, yeah. But th- would those users also have access to the private wiki? I, I just hadn't really thought about that. Well, I mean, I, I'm the, the wiki started when I was still an arbitrator. Yeah, yeah. I just uh, that's just something I you know hadn't thought of. Um, I, I've just we've just got a little chat window, which is cool. That um, talking of Medcom, uh, AGK, you're you're a med, you're on the Medcom. Um, so it'd be very interesting to get your perspective on the Arbcom from the Medcom. Had, what, what's, what, what do you reckon? Um, well, there's not. I've, it's mainly the chair that does most of the sort of medcom to arpcom communications. The current chair is WGB Scribe. So, um, from a medcom point of view, I can't really say I have that much experience with it. But um, from what I have seen, the two hold very different roles. Um, a lot of the time, the medcom works very much in the background, whereas the arpcom's a lot more. Well, it's got a lot more attention focused on it um, because of the sort of the type of work it does, um, sort of more high-profile cases. But it, it's certainly true that the two were set up um, at the same time. And I was actually just reading the mailing list post today. Um, the two were set up at the same time, and they're sort they're supposed to work um, together. Um, sort of separately but together and I think they do that quite well um, a lot of the because 
um, a lot of the time you'll get a case that's gotten so far and it will either go to the Medcom or to the ARBCOM. It's not a case of um, sort of the Medcom then the ARBCOM, which I think works quite well. They've got a good relationship and I, I think they work quite well together. Interestingly, I think... Sorry, in terms of wiki constitutional issues, I, I think that Medcom is, is actually uh, at the same level of, as ARBCOM, as in ARBCOM doesn't have authority over the Medcom, which I think is uh, unique in that I think ARBCOM uh, has authority uh, over everyone else. Yeah, I'm that sorry. Is correct. Um, go, sorry. Okay, go ahead, Roll. Roll? This is the first time I've heard of this. The ARBCOM... The ARBCOM has authority over everyone on Wikipedia. Except the Medcom, I think. Is that true, Anthony? I mean... I mean, um, the ARBCOM well, doesn't it's, help... It's I'm sorry, go on. Let, let, let's just take a turn. So AGK first and then roll. Okay, um, it's... Well, it's not really a question of um, which has jurisdiction over each other. Um, it's... It's more a case of the, the Medcom is the highest um, authority, I suppose you could say, with regards to content matters. The ARBCOM is the highest committee with regards to conduct matters. So, um, well, it's true that the ARBCOM has jurisdiction over the members of the mediation committee. They don't, I'm, I'm not really sure they have, well, it's not really a case of jurisdiction, but it's not, they don't really um, take control of the Medcom because the two are, um, with regards to Wiki Constitution, are equal because they're both the highest units on Wikipedia in their respective roles. The ARBCOM, I mean, the ARBCOM doesn't decide matters of fact. That I mean, that was that was a discussion that went on early on because uh, essentially the arbitrary, and funny you should bring this up, I was just discussing, you know, this on the list, you know, this week, um, that the ARBCOM, they're not subject experts. They're not, you know, they're not competent to decide matters of fact. That's why they created the uh, the the what's it called the working group. I, I, I mean, the name is is eluding me at the moment. The cultural edit warring working group. The what? It's the cultural it, it, edit warring working group. Yeah. Th- that sounds that sounds close. I don't know if that's exact. But yeah, the, the ARBCOM created that for just that reason. That's not the mediation committee though. No, it's not. Um, I, are you talking about the uh, working group in um, ethnic disputes? Yes, that, yes, ethnic exactly, and that one. Disputes? Yes, I'm one of the alternates on that. Right, the ARBCOM created that. They're the ones who have final say on those articles. And, right. and I, in fact, I was, I was pushing to kind of expand the idea. It's a, for me, this is interesting because I chatting. Um, I was chatting with Daniel uh, Daniel B, user Daniel B, who I think uh, Anthony is um, is also on the Medcom, and uh, we were sort of. I was amazed to hear that, that the Medcom, in theory, basically is the highest committee dealing with content issues. Um, it's a different approach. It's, for instance, you have to you have to. It doesn't deal adversarially. If there's a problem editor, Medcom isn't really equipped to to deal with that problem per se because. As far as, uh, as far as I'm aware, Medcom doesn't have any authority. As uh, I mean, maybe no. I mean, I, I I am unaware of them ever having any authority to do anything. So let um, me ask well, you something. If if an editor has a is a habitual violator of the undue weight clause of the neutral point of view policy, 
Who would settle that ultimately? Um, I've noticed that when something is a policy that kind of leans on the content side, that the um, arbitration committee is often less apt to intervene on those those policy-ish issues or content-ish policies. Funny you should ask that question. The way I described it in my mail in my email to the ARMCOM earlier this week was that I said that the dispute resolution process as it currently exists completely falls down on those kinds of problems. That it, it, it totally abdicates responsibility for solving the problem. And you know, I was I was suggesting some changes. But so to answer your question, um, in some it, it varies from case to case. In some cases, we have, uh, especially for the more contentious, you know, areas, we tend to have admins who uh, take a very, very careful look at those kinds of articles and patrol them very carefully. And uh, the ARBCOM's record on these kinds of issues is mixed. You know, you look at a case like Ian Tressman, you have somebody who was. Uh, oh, and the com- ultimately, you know, can end at a community ban as well as an arbitration committee decision. So if you look at somebody like Ian Tressman, who was community banned for, for you know, essentially being a science crank, um, that, that ended in a community ban that the arbitration committee has not, has several times refused to, to overturn. Um, another case was the, uh, the, the, there have been several ARBCOM cases on this. There was, you know, the pseudoscience case, and there were, uh, there were cases uh, involving William Connolly and S.E. Wilco. And and there, there's no there's no one answer to your question. You know they they each ended differently, but the arbitration but, committee. Right. Go on. Well, more recently, um, you know, I I, uh, I was at least tangentially involved with the um, Franco Mongol Alliance case, and I've been doing. Uh, although I was not a named party, I think in either of these, I've been doing some follow up on the Blue Marine case. And both of those had significant um, content, or, or not not strictly, um, how would I put it, not strictly uh, expertise-related things, but policy-related uh, content issues. Uh, I, I could just give examples from the Blue Marine. Um, I saw, after it was all closed... Um, that the article was still having um, contributory copyright violations in um, in its footnotes. It was still being sourced to non-notable blogs with negative information about a living person. And uh, those kinds of issues had not been addressed by the arbitration, even though those were pretty bright-line policy issues. Um, but the behavioral component had been addressed. Um, can I just come in here on the... Absolutely, absolutely. Let's talk some more about the uh, the, the mediation. Um, well, just, just to touch on the issue of the um, sort of jurisdiction, um, I think it's, it's a good place to say that in theory, the MedCom have, are equal to the ARBCOM, but um, in practice, um, I don't really think it's fair to compare the two. Um, because mediation, well, the fact that mediation relies on party agreement, um, like the fact that you can't enter into a mediation case without every party's agreement. Um, it's so, in terms of comparing the two, 
um, it's although theoret- theoretically they have their equal um, in practice, you know, the arbitration committee is sort of um, in terms of its power and what it can do. The arbitration committee is certainly um, much more um, developed in, ter- in terms of what it can do, um, primarily because of that it doesn't rely on party agreement. So, HEK, about what, if you could give me a, a, a rough rate here, um, could you estimate the number uh, or the percentage of mediations that are successful? Um, I, well, I've never really looked into the matter, but um, I'm sure that, I think it was Daniel Daniel B, Daniel Bryant, that Private Musings was referring to a while ago, um, That's right. a graph on the matter. What's that? Yeah, just confirming, it was indeed Daniel B that I was chatting with. Yeah, uh, Daniel B, uh, Daniel Bryant, um, who was a, who's a former chair of the committee, um, he found a graph on the amount of cases. Um, I'm sure it had something to do with um, cases and then the amount of successful to unsuccessful cases. Um, I'm, I, c- I wouldn't even think about putting an exact figure on it, but um, it's... It's um, well, I don't really know what to say. I mean, a lot of cases I've seen a lot of very successful cases with the medcom, and on the other hand, a lot of um, cases have really sort of snowballed. And um, in fact, a lot of them have resorted to being passed to the arbcom due to content and um, conduct issues with the parties, which incidentally is one of the um, abilities of the medcom. They are they can pass cases to the arbcom if um, a party is actively disrupting. Okay. Um, um, it, you're breaking up on just a little bit, but go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, am I breaking up? Yeah, you you are breaking up. Um, but would you like to to continue a little bit here? <laughs> okay, I'll just finish off very quickly. Um, basically, um, the mediation committee process is. I, I would say it's about between five and ten cases every three or four months or sort of process. I mean, that's a very rough figure. It really does fluctuate quite a lot, but but five, it's about one or two cases a week at the most that are um, accepted, and um, I'd, I'd probably say about half of them at least are successful. Um, another sort of quarter, roughly, would probably be posed as stale, which is quite a problem with the MedCom, um, party inactivity, and the other sort of quarter are generally due to party in agreement, where sort of the parties can't agree on the issues. Okay. Well, thank you very much for explaining that. Do we have any more uh, questions or comments on the uh, mediation? Actually, yes. yes. Actually, yeah, both on, on mediation and the ARPCOM. Um, yeah, this, is, this addresses um, um, both Raul and, um, and AGK and also, uh, also you, Jurova, as um, probably the most uh, experienced people right, uh, right now. Um, one thing I've always wondered is like you have um, Medcom and you have ARPCOM and they are these sort of judiciary bodies, right? And um, they are, I felt, um, or have frequently um, felt, um, they are being thrown into this, um, well, into this direct democracy, uh, which is which sometimes remem- resembles a. Um, an anarchy on uh, Wikipedia, and I always wondered um, 
how something could be implemented to um, to um, uh, include a legislature of sorts because um, what the ARCOM, for example, cannot do, um, and they repeatedly say this, is uh, they can never decide uh, on new policy. All they can do is interpret existing policy. So th this is uh, often uh, one thing that's very frequently cited. And, um, yeah, well, I don't really know what the question is. Um, is there any talk about this, or do you have any uh, ideas about this? Should this be implemented? Should there be some some sort of uh, legislator uh, le body uh, to to um, complement the the judiciary? Um, well, just to pick up on one thing you said right at the start, there um, two sort of judici judiciary bodies. Um, that's one thing the MedCom does not do. The MedCom cannot decide policy. It cannot say, um, this is a new policy and um, this will now be abided by in the community. What it does is it takes a content dispute. Um, for example, one that I handled a few weeks ago was um, whether a certain sentence should be included in the lead of an article. Um, and what we do is we take the parties and we sort of metaphorically sit them down and um, help them get to a compromise on something. It does not force them to accept a final um, sort of version of um, any sort of dispute. It, it can um, make policy as such. It, it really does just assist parties in getting to um, a compromise, um, which is one of the reasons why the MedCom has a party agreement, because it's, it's, very, it's voluntary. That's the definition of mediation. It's a voluntary agreement. And um, it's, there's a lot of there's a serious misconception that it makes policy like the ARPCOM makes final decisions that um, effectively have to be abided by. Um, the MedCom does not create policy at, in any way. I think what Dortruffel's saying, and uh, I'll I'll uh, I'll ask Phil, I'll ask you that. Why not? Um, shouldn't there be somebody who does create policy? Shouldn't there be a body that does get to say we've looked at what's happening and actually we need this to be the rule now? What do you reckon, Bob? I don't know. I don't know. That's a good question. Uh, I'm fairly sure we're not doing as things in an optimal way, but I'm not sure if that's the right approach or not. Uh, I guess I, I'm more willing to take a kind of a of an experimental approach and a kind of a an academic approach to try and study the management issues, and then maybe do a small test case or a, a, something to try and see does it work before you, you scale up to, to something massive. Uh, we already have an awful lot of and growing amount of bureaucracy, and maybe we're going to get more, but we should be really cautious about how we implement that bureaucracy, I think. What would you say, Raul? I, it's a very interesting question. Um, he's exactly right that we lack a formal policy-making mechanism, and that the ARBCOM doesn't like to make policy. Sometimes, by necessity, uh, they make what I guess is the, the, the Wikipedia equivalent of case law, uh, deciding you know very small, fine points uh, on a case by case basis. But but you're I mean you're exactly right. There, there's a lack of a formal policy making mechanism, and it's really bad. And you know it's 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 a problem that has yet to be addressed, and you know any smart people out there uh, would be welcome to try and address the problem. 
I'll, I'll step in with a couple of observations of my own. One of the criticisms um, of the site is that on an informal basis, um, certain established editors seem to be far more successful in um, in affecting or influencing policy than, than others. And uh, the question is whether that's really equitable, whether the best policy is, is really being made in that, in that sense. I've noticed sometimes that um, in an area where I've done extensive work um, and have a lot of hands-on experience, uh, I'll, I'll go and, and see that there's something that really functionally is, uh, is not the way that things are operating anymore and, and isn't necessarily um, the, the best way to do things and uh, try to go and update the policies to reflect that. And uh, what will happen is that uh, a, a large group of people who all seem to know each other very well and who aren't necessarily volunteering very much in the particular area will come in and say, no, no, no. And when I try to engage them in, in dialogue, they've already made up their minds. Um, and, mm. and that can have some difficulties to it uh, when they already seem to be repeating the same things that don't necessarily match up, match up with field experience. Does anyone else have comments on, on the this question? I have um, one other... Well, uh, go ahead. AJK? Uh, yeah. Um, just on the topic of um, a, a sort of body that can rule on policy matters, um, one of the ideas ideas that has been thrown thrown about the um, working group wiki at the moment is a content committee. And um, the leader for it, um, one proposal to help resolve editorial disputes leading to prolonged feuds is to create a committee that would rule, have some mandate to rule on editorial issues. The ARBCOM, as a general principle, does not rule in conduct disputes but examines behaviour. Um, the general idea is that this would sort of be a... Well, I believe that the general idea is that this would sort of be a mix between the mediation and the arbitration committee, whereby it takes the mediation committee's scope of looking at content, takes the arbitration committee's ability to rule and sort of combines them, them so it sort of rules on content matters, which is something that was very much discouraged at the start of the... Um, when at the start of the arbitration and mediation committee's history, when they were first created, it was sort of the idea that the mediation committee would have no power um, to rule on content matters. This content committee appears to sort of be a proposal to create another committee that can rule on these matters. Um, my, I, I left a comment saying, um, does this undermine the Wiki, Wikipedia model of universal discussion and decision-making decision making and the principle that consensus is reached by everybody rather than a select few? Um, does anyone have any comments on that? Okay. Um, do you, uh, you broke up a little bit toward the end there. Did you have a, a question at the end? Um, my question was just that, does anyone have any thoughts on whether that sort of undermines the principle that um, Wikipedia consensus is reached by? Can you, can you, can yeah, you define you that, that more clearly? Um, right. We've, we've got a couple of people waiting to speak, um, so if you can just type that in, please, AGK. Um, Dorf Trofel? You were uh, yeah, waiting for uh, a turn? Yes. I just wanted to, to um, chime in with um, something. I recently was uh, involved in, in a small um, 
uh, conflict at, a, at an article, won't go into details, but it was an uh, article about about a weapon, and I wanted to insert some uh, pop, what people would call popular uh, information, um, so not directly pertaining to, to anything um, that concerns that particular weapon. But uh, I had sources and everything, and what happened is that uh, I met a situation similar to what Judy Rova just mentioned, that... Um, People, several people who all seem to know each other very well, um, appeared all at once out of nowhere. And then something really curious happened, and it was a first for me at least. Uh, they started citing um, their wiki project uh, guideline uh, like it was policy, like it had authority. And uh, I was, was, this, was this on the end, or was this on English? Was this yes, on the English from, Wikipedia? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's, that's all I really wanted to say. This is just one example, but um, that's what I, why um, I think that maybe we n need some mechanism sooner or later to to streamline or centralize um, debates. I know that this may lead to polls and polling is evil uh, and and everything, and it doesn't really work that way. So. Maybe one way that's where I got the idea. Maybe we need some sort of um, elected officials for, for that sort of job to at least um, supervise um, this sort of thing. I think the danger, and the, just a word, the danger of, of going, thinking, let's have some elected officials, let's, let's have some more committees, or let's, let's look at it in that way, um, is those sorts of things, they just always, always, always have unintended consequences. And to bring it back to the, the root topic, which is Arbcom, that's a case in point. Um, Arbcom in its setup was certainly never, I don't think any of the people involved, certainly not, you know, at the time, envisioned Arbcom to work the way it now does today. Um, because, you know, the future's hidden. The, the whole, the, the, what it will have to do shifts over time. Um, it's interesting to note, though, that you're saying that what I took from your wiki project comment is that you, there's a gap here there's that wiki projects are stepping in and making their own rules anyway no so no they shouldn't they shouldn't be that's the point but that uh, is an unusual that is, situation that is very but, unusual but yeah exactly locally that kind of thing is, is there's some danger of it happening um phil has been waiting to to say something um do you what, what's your take on this phil well, I'm quite surprised that when uh, Dorf Truffle told us about uh, some some local group had made their own local rules, I would agree that that's highly irregular. Um, the, and I have noticed many times in a content dispute, particularly in pseudosciences or fringe areas, one of the first things that people try to do is they try to go after the policies and change the definition of NPOV or change the definition of known original research uh, or what have you or even reliable sources it's just for their specific um, issue and they figure well if they if they go at it this way that's that's their way around uh, all these people that are giving them trouble um, I, I think we've got to be really cautious about this whether it's an elected body or an appointed body or a single person we want to be real cautious about this kind of stuff, making these sort of arbitrary decisions, because they, they might, you might solve one problem and create another ten problems, you know? Yes, very much. Um, who else would like to, to address this? Um, actually, AGK, there was one other thing that came up. Um, 
Now, there's different forms of mediation. There's MedCom, and then there's the Mediation Cabal, also known as MedCab. Could you explain the difference? Um, well, there's not really a difference. Um, they effectively operate the same way. It's just that the MedCom is is very much a sort of recognised location where people who are having content problems or content disputes can go. Um, it's you know, in terms of um, the the powers of the two, they really operate the same way. They're both just groups of mediators that help with disputes. Um, certainly, the the MedCom operates. Um, I don't know if professionally is a better, a good way to say it, but it operates in a, well, it is a committee, so it operates, um, you know, in a more collected way. It has its own mailing list, it's got its own wiki, etc. Whereas the MedCap, MedCap is simply a sort of informal group of people who just mediate. Okay. Okay. Um. I guess we're wrapping up there. Um, moving on to the issue of um, talk page clerking. <laughs> well, that was I, that was that was something that I came. I, I was pleased that, that AGK um, was on here. It, it's an idea that I think we'll probably bump it to, to talk about at another time. But I just um, I was reflecting on looking at talk pages and and looking at how talk pages work, in what context they're really good, and what context they, they sort of aren't so good. And I was thinking that um, the, the top-down and keep-on-going approach, that's what I've called it, when you've got a certain number of editors, like maybe, I don't know, I'm going to say around 20 editors who are trying to make their points, um, if you read long talk pages, you'll find massive redundancies. You'll find people making points on the same area in, the, in a similar way, sort of in about five or six different sections. And then the trouble is that some people respond in one, some people respond in another, and particularly at a at a, uh, at a an area where the say there's a proposal. In fact, specifically, I, I following our discussion on biographies last time um, in this uh, in this forum, um, I decided to start a proposal to to look at if we could have an opt out set up. Uh, and if you look at the talk page there. Um, lots of people that have strong feelings and you immediately get these sort of multiple redundant sections. So I had the idea, I thought, okay, well, this, this has happened at arbitration and, and one of the approaches they chose to, to try and address that there is to get clerks in, such as um, AGK. Uh, and the clerks are able to refactor and shuffle things around. And I thought, you know, is for the... the for the record, for the record, as the person who came up with the idea of ARBCOM clerks, that was not the intention. Oh, okay. The, the idea of the the idea was that, that you know we there was one particular case that stands out in my mind, which was very verily in 172, and not only were they two reprobate, reprobate edit warriors. I mean, they had the first hundred revert edit war in the history of Wikipedia. Um, wow. <laughs> uh, it was on My Lie Massacre. You can go back in the history. It's does gigantic. That make, does, it's, does that make WP 100 the the 100 100- <laughs> Uh, Reefert. <laughs> so, so the idea of the, uh, the, the and their Arbcom case had this. It was just a ridiculous evidence page. It was it was utterly incomprehensible. It was probably as long as the New Testament and the Bible. And I said, this is enough. I am so tired of dealing with cases where it's just people shouting at each other, giving us a, a massive talk page gibberish, and expecting us to 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 turn it into a reasonable decision. And so I I. I set up formal rules for how the evidence page works, and I decided to, to later to bring in the clerks to kind of help us digest it. 
But, that, but essentially, that was the reason why the ARBCOM has formal rules for how how the evidence pages work. Because I was tired of reading, you know, that uh, that that was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back. But I'm sorry to interrupt you, PM. Go, continue. Oh well, I'll, I'll flip over to AGK in two secs. But my my point really is this: that like like we've noticed in in conversations like this, uh, you you need sometimes you need to self apply a few structures. You know, you need a facilitator. Basically, such a thing can exist. And um, I, I was, you know, just thinking that if if someone if if we encourage or if we, if we even try it, that um, someone will enter a discussion as a facilitator, not as a mediator, not not to sort of get warring factors uh, together, but just to say, look, we're going to improve communication on this page. Um, you know, actually, if, if I may step in, um, that's very timely with something that I've been dealing with just the last couple of days. Uh, there was a, a thread about. Um, someone who had multiple um, policy um, uh, problems on one of the administrative notice boards, and I started a sub-thread about his image uploads, and I had about three or four different points to make about problems with his image uploads. Um, One of the things that I had questioned was the lack of complete metadata, the, the lack of camera model and make on some of these, because there was a problem... Uh, someone had actually spotted an off-site forum where he had posted and, and talked about possibly deliberately um, singling out one individual um, and doing massive copyright violations of that individual's, um, that particular individual's photography, just in order to needle them, whatever. And then not too long after that, a bunch of uploads from this person have... Uh, are missing data about the camera make and model. And so that was one thing I questioned. He had an answer for that, and I accepted his answer. But the other questions remained unaddressed. And so I accepted the answer, but then somebody went back and addressed it again and says, Darova, can't you accept this? And I said, yeah, I accepted this already. And then today at my top page, a third person comes and and comes and, and addresses this again. And, and I want to write that. I, I almost got sna- snappish at first, and then I edited myself. I'm like, look, we still haven't addressed the fact that this fellow photoshopped a, a picture of Osama bin Laden onto a European identification card and loaded that into article space. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then when somebody tried to take it out, he called it vandalism and put it back in. Um, you know, clerks might be able to help organize those multi-point discussions. Anybody else have a word about that? Uh, let's see here. Phil, do you have a comment? No, not really. It's, you're hitting on things that I'm not a real expert in. Okay. Okay. Um, well, one last thing then. Um, the Edit Warring Work Group. Um, this, this was listed that way. I believe it's the... Um, Actually, the Ethnic and National Disputes Work Group. Um, let's talk about that, what it was, uh, how it was set up, and how, t- uh, how it's doing. Uh, I might, uh, just one final thing, because uh, I think we might be heading toward the end of the call. We might, uh, you know, depending on how you feel, we might save that for the next time. But um, uh, just a, a word on the ARBCOM, because I, I, I just realized sure, that. Sure, sure, sure. Just final thoughts, which we'll have to return to as well. I think the ARBCOM, um, I was mentioning before about the dangers of setting up 
new levels of bureaucracy and new new committees and, and new legisl- legislative bodies and representatives and all that because it has unintended consequences. Um, and I, I think the ARBCOM has evolved to a point which it probably wasn't intended to deal with. Um, I, I think the individuals on the committee have shown themselves to be, you know, some of the hardest working and most committed and most able and most intelligent and, and they're, they're fantastic Wikipedians. Um, but I'm afraid I, I think the, the body itself has severely lost its way. Um, and I'm quite sort of happy to talk about that in, perhaps in the future. But I, I think it's uh, lost the, the trust of the community in a lot of ways. I think it's behaved uh, unacceptably. Uh, and I hope that uh, as soon as possible, we can really, uh, really get some reforms into that committee to, to improve its uh, improve its standing and improve its ability to do the job that it now is being asked to do. So that that's just my tuppence on on the ARBCOM. Um, I okay, think that well, was a, that was actually. Yeah. Sorry, Drova. Oh no, no, go ahead. Uh, I, I, I didn't hear. Um, there's a little bit of a lag, sometimes a half second lag. So I think we both started talking at the same time. By all means, AGK, go ahead. Um, I think that was part of the idea behind the um, cultural or ed- ethnic, whatever you want to call it, the um, ethnic edit warning. Work group um, was that it was to find a new approach to these sort of issues. Um, it sort of the idea was that um, it was going to find a new approach to um, edit worrying than that which the ARPCOM has. So I think private museums actually might be onto a point there, um, which is why the um, which has obviously been recognised because of the um, as shown by the creation of the um, work group itself. Well, I'll, I'll actually I'll, I'll give you my concerns or I'll illustrate my concerns. Um, with a little, this is the way I see it anyway. If the ARBCOM, I believe the ARBCOM has made mistakes. And I think, I think for whatever reason, the processes that have popped up around it make it very hard. As far as I'm aware, the ARBCOM has never made a statement to indicate that it's made a mistake, ever. Um, which is quite surprising. Correct. That is incorrect. Um, they, there was a, William Connolly was put on parole, and then, about a month before it was set to expire, the ARBCOM terminated it early and specific, explicitly said that it was a mistake and that it was unnecessary. Well, I think that's fantastic. And I think there's a few other things that, that uh, I would hope they could do. I, I think you're right, AGK. I think the, the splitting off of, like, if the, if the job is undoable, if the committee's being asked to do an undoable job, um, which could well be true, as in there's just too much, too much of the of the, of the important stuff filters up to them, um, and it's you know it may not actually be possible to do it. Um, so yeah, that, that's the splitting of responsibilities is a is a very sensible one. Um, I, I still think there's a there's a need to look at some of you know particularly the two cases that convinced me were the uh, the Manton Moreland thing where where some some editors like Analyst and Cool Hand Luke, um, from what I saw, they they did a lot of work in good faith uh, to try and. And that they're just the tip of the iceberg. There were many more. Um, and it seemed that the ARBCOM didn't really engage with that. And I, I found that a little bit unsettling, to say the least. Um, and I think the other one was the, the IRC uh, uh, issues, where I think, again, they, they abdicated uh, responsibility for, for what they're being asked to do. And I think, um, as I say, individually, I think they're all great. And I think they, they, meet, they both mean well and have helped a lot. I think collectively... Uh, they've become a bit of a beast, and I think uh, we need to sort of encourage them to improve, in, you know, collectively in that way. That, that's uh, we'll probably return to this at some point, maybe, but uh, that's my tuppence on that. Okay. Well, briefly speaking about the um, 
the ethnic and national dispute, since this the, it does dovetail to a, a, a degree, um, one of the reasons why the working group was started up was because um, a number of times certain similar types of cases come in front of the arbitration committee. Um, ethnic and national disputes tend to be um, some of the harder nuts to crack. And uh, <laughs> we, we get similar dynamics happening um, on ethnicities and, and nations that are completely separate from each other. Um, I've dealt with everything. No, no, no. It's not the, East- the problem is not the, is not the ethnicities that are completely separate from each other. It's the, the problem is the ethnicities that live next to each other and can't stand each other. Um, let, let me clarify myself then. Raul, excuse me. It, um, the, there was one that was uh, up last summer um, about Sri Lankan nobility. And those fellows were really at each other's throats. Um, and there have been others about, oh, several Eastern European. There have been Israeli-Palestinians. These are separate cases that don't necessarily um, overlap with each other very much. But the human dynamic is in some ways similar looking at one case and then the next and then the third. Would you say that that's a fair way to characterize it? Well, I just I just wanted to say that the the one that comes to mind it's 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 it almost makes me laugh when I think about it. There was a user on on English Wikipedia by the name of uh Space Cadet, all one word, and he had a picture of himself on his user page. Uh he was Polish, and the picture was him standing next to a brick wall and graffitied on the wall behind him, it said, no Prussia, no problem. <laughs> oh, dear. So... <laughs> so, I, I mean, that, when, I, when I think of these kinds of disputes, that, that's, that's what kind of the first thing that comes to mind, and, and it almost makes me laugh, but, but, I mean, these are not exactly people who are here to to come to a a neutral, mutually agreeable version of an article. Uh, Private Musings, did you have some uh, more comments about that? Uh, No, I I think... (laughs) (laughs) I've just just seen the little um, little icon that you showed me there. Oh, dear. Our listeners won't see this. Uh, he's just sent an icon of himself mooning uh, the rest of us. Lies, lies. It's not true. <laughs> That's adorable. Okay, go ahead. Uh, I think I think we've we've had a good we've covered lots of things in in sort of you know a, a broad area. I think we're probably um you know just about wrapping up. Um, yeah, I think the I've I've said my piece on the Arbcon. We might we might come back and talk about. I mean, I'm, I'm those things. Are, as far as I'm concerned, they're open doors. It's important to look at and chat about. Um, yeah, just uh, nothing more for me, I'm afraid. Okay. Well, I think we've covered about enough. It's been a little bit over an hour. Thank you, everyone, for coming. Um, uh, if, uh, private musings. You like to close these things out. I'll let you. I'll let you take it from here. You're the expert. <laughs> I've been trying to figure out. Like, there's a whole bunch of famous closing lines, aren't there? Like, you know, take care of yourselves and each other, or may your God go with you. Or anything like that, but um, uh, we haven't really got that. I think good luck. <laughs> Goodbye and good luck. Uh, happy editing. Good night. Ed- it was Edward R. Murrow who closed that way. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, but let's have hey, a good, good night, night. Gracie. Let's, let's say um, do, uh, door truffle. Let's say goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye, everyone. Agk. Nice being here.
Goodbye. Bob. Goodbye from Phil. Goodbye from me, and I'll hand back to Derova. Well, thank you very much all for coming. I really appreciate that you could make it.